We are in a series that we're kicking off today called Beyond. And I've titled today's message, Exceedingly Abundantly Beyond. Exceedingly Abundantly Beyond. I'm very thankful that our world has always been filled with people who have dreamed and believed beyond what they saw. Did you realize there was a day that the only light people had at night was from fire or a candle, but somebody believed beyond what they saw and they created electricity, but we lost it this week. <laughs> but, but I thank God somebody dreamed beyond. Somebody dreamed beyond walking barefoot and somebody created the first shoe. There were people that used to go outside and carry water into the house because there was no indoor plumbing. How many of you had to grow up like that, carrying some water into the house? There's a hand or two up that you had to carry water in the house. I can remember my daddy telling me, yeah, son, when I grew up, we had to carry water in the house like it was like once a week and we would put water in the bathtub and my dad had like seven or eight siblings and he said, all of us kids had to take a bath in the same water. How many of you know I'm going first? Come on, we're going to fight. Come on. Who, whoever wins, because man, I'm a germaphobe and that just sounds nasty. But a lot of people had to grow up like that. There was no indoor plumbing, but come on, I'm grateful that somebody believed beyond and created indoor plumbing plumbing and running water. People used to travel by horse and buggy, but somebody believed beyond and created trains and cars. Somebody dreamed beyond trains and cars and created the airplane. Somebody dreamed beyond just communicating face to face and they created the radio. They created the television. They created one of the best inventions in the world, the television remote. How many of you grew up like me? You were the television remote. Come on. Junior! Junior! I thought it was an emergency. Huh? Go turn the television. What? What? Dream beyond. I, I, I'm glad that people dreamed beyond and created VHS and, and then TiVo and, and Netflix and Hulu and Redbox. People dreamed beyond and somebody created the telephone, then the cell phone, then the smartphone. Somebody dreamed beyond and created a home computer. Somebody said, we don't want just a home computer. We think every person should have a personal laptop and they created the personal laptop. Somebody dreamed beyond and created the internet and dial-up internet, then high-speed internet, then fiber optic internet internet. People dreamed beyond. Back in the day, you had A-tracks and somebody dreamed beyond and created the record. And then the cassette player. Come on, who used to walk around with a Walkman or a boombox? Come on, show your age today. Come on, you remember back in the day, the boombox used to make your mixtapes. Anybody know what I'm talking about, huh? You got to hit play and record at the same time, huh? I used to try to record my Keith Sweat or my Guy or my Levert. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about in this house today. I used to try, hit, come on, you had to hit play and record at the same time and you didn't realize it. All of a sudden you're recording, you're about two minutes into the song and you didn't realize your tape just ran out. What? Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Messing up your mixtape. Yeah, I'm glad somebody dreamed beyond. And I want you to know that God wants you to dream. God wants you to think. God wants you to ask. God wants you to believe beyond what you currently see in your life. I want to show you one of the greatest promises in the Bible. God wants to take you beyond. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, 
abundantly beyond. Some translations say above all that we ask or imagine. Some translations say ask or think according to the power that works in us. God wants to take you beyond where you are. God wants to do more in your life. He really does. He wants you to think beyond. He wants you to dream beyond. He wants you to ask beyond. He wants you to believe beyond. God wants to do more in your life. He wants to do more in your relationships. He wants to do more in your money. He wants to do more in your family. He wants to do more in your faith. God has more to do in your life. Let me tell you why. This verse says, first of all, that to him, now to him who is able. The first thought I want you to get in your heart is that God is able. I said, God is able. That's good all by itself. Our God is able. He is limitless. His love is everlasting. His forgiveness is endless. His promises are powerful. His works are wonderful. His purpose is prevailing. His power is unmeasurable. By his words, he created the heavens and the earth. Our God is able. Our God is able to do whatever you need him to do. Our God is able to heal. Our God is able to rescue you. Our God is able to save you. Our God is able to meet all your needs. Our God is able to turn around that situation you're in. Our God is able to restore you. Our God is able to heal your broken relationship. Our God is able to forgive you. Our God is able to show you grace and mercy. Our God is able to answer all your prayers. Our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly Everybody shout beyond, beyond what you ask or think. Our God is able, the scripture says, and it goes on to say, God does exceedingly, abundantly, beyond. That's the kind of God we serve. Our God is an exceeding God, abundant God, a beyond God. Have you ever had somebody exceed your expectations? You ever had somebody that did something for you? You were blown away. Maybe they bought you something. You couldn't believe it. They surprised you, and it just blew you away. It was beyond what you expected. They blew you away. Your jaw dropped. You got all emotional because they exceeded your expectation. That's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond, far greater than any other person could ever do in your life. Our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond. And the third thing I want you to say, see, is God can do more than you can think, ask or imagine. He can do more than you can even ask or think. I want you to get that in your heart. God wants to do more in your life than you can ask or think. And here's the problem. A lot of people don't believe that. A lot of people don't believe that God wants to do more in their life. James chapter 4 and verse 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. Church, this is huge. Some of you are not experiencing exceedingly, abundantly beyond because you never ask God. You don't ask God. You don't even pray about it. You don't even think about it. And the prayers you do not pray will always go unanswered. I want you to think about this. Uh, this is a very sobering thought. Think about this. If God answered the prayers you prayed last week or last month, what would you get? What kind of prayers are you praying? What are you believing for? What are you asking God for? Are you praying and believing beyond what you see or have you settled? My marriage never going to change. He's going to always be a knucklehead. 
She's going to always be trifling. That's a word back in the day. My parents used to use trifling. I still don't even know what it means, but it sounds good. <laughs> well, there are no more good men or good women. So I guess I'll have to marry you. <laughs> My kids will never serve God. I'll have to always live paycheck to paycheck. God will never heal my sick body. I'll always be addicted, bound, depressed, and defeated. What are you asking God for? What are you believing God for? Are you believing, beard? Do you believe that you serve a God that does exceedingly, abundantly, beyond? You know, little kids, what I love about little kids, I remember being a, a little kid. Little kids don't have limits on their dreams. Little kids dream big. Yes, little kid. What do you want to be when you grow up? Little kids, I want to, I want to play in the NFL. I want to be a baseball player. Little kids, I mean, they have, I want to be an astronaut. I'm going to cure AIDS. I'm telling you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a scientist. Little kid, I'm going to be a superhero. I, I, I thought I was going to be a superhero as a kid. Matter of fact, true story, when I was a kid, me and my brother shared a room. We had a bunk bags. I got on the top bunk one time and tried to fly off. It didn't work. I didn't fly to church. <laughs> I hit my front teeth and lost my teeth, but I tried. I was, I was believing but somehow, as little kids, we dream big, but as we live life, life puts limits on us. Somehow, life calls us not to have big dreams for our family and big dreams for our life and big dreams for our faith and big dreams on the difference we can make. Somehow, life puts limits on us, and we start to settle. We start to say, you know what? I'm just never going to make that big of a difference. I'm going to always live this kind of life. I'll never break free. And we just start limiting our life, and we settle. You know what? You know what I live for, Pastor? I just wake up every day. I barely get to work. I barely just work, but I get that paycheck, pay a few bills, go home with the kids, eat a little dinner, and hit repeat and do it again. What are you dreaming for? Just to get to work? Just to get to school? Really? You serve a God that does exceedingly, abundantly, beyond, more than you can think or ask. And I'm here today to tell you in this series, through today and this series, we're going to help you dream bigger, believe bigger, think bigger, have bigger faith, have bigger prayers, because that's the kind of God you serve. He wants you to live beyond. It's time for somebody to take the limits off. I'm just preaching your Bible to you today. That's the kind of God you serve. Take the limits off. What I want to do today is I want to give you six limitations that keep you from living exceedingly, abundantly beyond from the life of Moses. If you have your Bible, you can just turn it to Exodus chapter 2. I'm going to hop between Exodus 2, 3, and 4. Six limitations that keep you from living exceedingly, abundantly beyond. So God had told Moses that he wanted to use his life and his leadership to go back to Egypt and to deliver his people who had been in captivity for 400 years to the nation of, of Egypt. And he said, I want to use you to deliver my people. Moses, I want to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond in your life. But Moses had to get beyond his limitations because a life had limited Moses' dreams and his belief in what God could do. And he had to get beyond his limitations to experience the more that God has for his life. And I want you to see this. I'm going to give you six limitations. The first is this. You got to get beyond your past. Your past will limit you. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11 says, One day after Moses had grown up, 
he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, looking this way and that and that and seeing no one. He killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. Moses was a murderer. He had a horrible past. And when God told Moses, I want to do more in your life, Moses was limited by his past. God, God, there's no way you can use a screw up like me. There's no way you could use somebody who's messed up the way that I have messed up. And some of you feel just like Moses today. He had messed up. He ran and went to hiding in Midian. And some of you are hiding from God's purpose for the more that he has for your life because you messed up and you are believing today that God doesn't want to use my life. God can't do beyond in my life because of my past. And today I'm telling you, you got to get past your past. You're allowing your past to disqualify you. With God, your past doesn't disqualify you. Your past prepares you. If you'll give it to God, let me tell you, you turn your life over to Jesus, God will forgive you of all of your sins. If you're a Christian today, God has forgiven you. you got to forgive yourself. Stop beating yourself up. Stop living in the past. Don't let your past stop you from the future that God has for your life. You can't go back and change the past, but you can start today with God and change the future and the end. You can do that. Come on, you got to get past your past. Don't let your past keep limiting your life. I want you to see a second one, and that is this. You got to get beyond your pain. Get beyond your pain. After killing this man, Moses experienced deep pain in his life. He had to run for his life and left Midian or left Egypt and went to Midian. He grew up in Pharaoh's house, had the finest education. He left all of that favor, all of those connections behind. He now had fractured relationships with Pharaoh, fractured relationships with the Hebrew people. He, he, had, he, he had his dreams that were shattered. I mean, he thought he was going to deliver his people, and now he's running for his life. His dreams are shattered. He is dealing with pain, and if you let it, pain will limit your life. Pain of your past, pain from mistakes, pain from those who hurt you, pain from those who abused you, pain from those who left you. They, they, they lied on you. They weren't there for you. They took advantage of you. And your pain will start to limit your dreams. It'll start to limit your believing. It'll start to limit you asking God for the more that he wants to do in your life. And church, don't let your pain paralyze you. Let it propel you into the future that God has for your life. God wants to take your pain and turn it into purpose. Listen, your pain is a part of your story, not the end of your story. When I was sexually abused as a teenager, pain, pain. My parents, when they got divorced, it's pain. One of the only times I held my pillow at night and wondered if life was worth living, pain. What I've learned about pain is that if you'll give it to God, God will heal 
your broken heart, and then he will use your pain for your purpose. God will take your pain. It's a part of my story, but it's not the end of my story. My testimony now is setting thousands of people free because I'm able to share my story. And if God did it for this little old boy from Wewoka, Oklahoma, he's no respecter of persons. He can do it for you, and he can take all of your pain and all of the hurt and all those that abused you and all those that done you wrong and all the pain that you walked through, and he can take it, and he can use it for your purpose. Purpose. Don't let your pain limit what God wants to do in your life. Number three is this. Get beyond your problems. I'm working the peas today, church. I'm anointed. I'm going with the whole, all my points are peas. Come on. That's when you know you're anointed right there, church. Get beyond your problems, your problems. Moses had to overcome the limitations of personal problems. Notice in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 10. It says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Moses thought his problem was going to keep him from God's promise. God, I'm slow of speech. God, I don't talk well. I can't go back and speak to the Israelites. I can't go and speak to Pharaoh. I've got a speech problem. Church, what personal problem is causing you a problem because it's stopping you from believing God for more and dreaming and asking and believing. What problem do you have? Maybe it's like Moses. You, you say, I got a speech problem or it's not enough education or it's a physical health problem or I'm the wrong skin color or a financial problem or a connections problem. What problem do you say, God, I can't do what you want me to do because I got a problem. I remember when Tiffany and I started People's Church. I was 26. She was 24. And we had a lot of problems. I had never been on staff at a church before. Tiffany had never been on staff at a church before. I'd never been a youth pastor, a kids pastor. I had no experience. People say, you guys are too young. That'll never work. You're going to start a church in a movie theater? You're going to have kids ministry on sloped Movie theater floors? Yes. Pray those nurseries. Those beds don't turn over. Amen. <laughs> but we're going to give it a shot. We're, we're, we're going to do it. You're too young. It, it'll never work. And we had problem after problem. But church, I'm telling you, we serve the kind of God. If you'll take your problems and surrender it to him, don't let your problems be an excuse. But you got to believe that your God, in spite of your problems, he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond in your life. I got problems. You got problems. I still got problems. But my problems doesn't disqualify, don't disqualify me from the promises of God. I'm telling you, church, get, get your eye off your problems and get your eye on your God. He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond. Moses said, God, you can't use me. I can't even speak. Moses, you're wrong. Get beyond your problem. Stop limiting yourself because of your problem. Number four is this. Get beyond your pattern. Get beyond your pattern. Your pattern can keep you from God's plan. Habits can hold you hostage. Think about this. Moses fled from Egypt at the age of 40. God spoke to Moses 40 years later at the age of 80 through a burning bush. Moses created 
40 years of habits, 40 years of the habit of living in Midian instead of in Egypt where God had called him to be. 40 years of the pattern of working with the sheep every day, just taking care of the sheep and not out back in Egypt leading God's people. 40 years of stinking thinking. I mean, you see his thinking when you read the story. I mean, he he does not believe that his dream can ever happen. He doesn't believe that he can lead the people. I mean, he's thinking, I'm stuck in Midian the rest of my life. I'm limited by by the 40 years of the pattern that I've created. I've been doing this so long, God, there's no way you can use my life. And some of you are right where Moses was. You believe that God cannot do more in your life because of the pattern that you're in. And God's trying to take the limits off your life, and yet you're stuck in a pattern, pattern of bad habits. Stuck in in the pattern of of sin, stuck uh, around the wrong people, stuck in average. You've been doing the same bad pattern for so long, you think there's no way I'll ever get out of this. And God sent me here to tell you today, he's going to break you out of that pattern and get you to your purpose. He's going to break you out of that pattern and he's going to do exceedingly abundantly beyond in your life. God's going to break you out. Come on, everybody shout break out. Come on, right in the chat line right now. Fill up the chat line. Just chat. Break out. God is going to break you out of that pattern and he wants to do exceedingly abundantly beyond. I think about my own life. I mean, I've had so many limits, so many limits pressing me. You can't do it. Pressing me down. And and I I remember growing up and thinking, I don't know if I really can make it in life. And I remember on my wedding day, getting ready to marry Tiffany, feeling like this marriage will never work. I can't be a good husband. I'll never be a good father. We... I know we'll end up divorced. And I remember standing there on the altar thinking, I better leave <laughs> right before the ceremony was starting. I'll never, I'll never be able to do this because that was just some patterns. It was some bad thinking. It was what I saw modeled before me. I can't, I can't do this. But can I tell you today in December, it will be 23 years of marriage because we broke that habit. We broke that pattern. We broke that cycle of divorce off the Cooper family in the name of Jesus Christ. I think about my family growing up with alcohol addictions and, and gambling addictions. And I thought, man, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to be an alcoholic. I'm going to be, I'm going to have a gambling addiction. But can I tell you, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, I've never had a drink of alcohol in my life. That curse has been broken, not because of me, but because of the God that we serve. He can break you out of your pattern. He can break you out of generational curses. He can break you out of bad habits. I don't care how long you've been in it. I don't care if it's been 40 years. We serve a God that can break you out and put a new pattern in your life. He can do it, church. Don't be limited by your patterns. I want you to see a fifth one here. God wants to get you beyond your perspective. Beyond your perspective. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11. It says, but Moses said to God, listen to this, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Moses was limited by how he saw himself. And some of you are not dreaming and asking God for more because of how you see yourself. You're limited 
by your own perspective. You don't think you deserve more. You don't think you're qualified for God to do beyond in your, your life. And church family, every campus, those of you online, you have to stop looking at yourself through your eyes. And you have to start viewing yourself through God's eyes. How does God see you? It doesn't matter how you see it. How does God see you? How does he see you? God says, I see you as more than a conqueror. I see you as chosen. I see you as called. I see you as created to make a difference. I see you as the head and not the tail. I see you blessed. I see you highly favored. I see you as successful. I see you as a friend of God. I see you as loved. I see that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Listen, you got to start dreaming bigger, asking bigger, believing bigger. You got to change your perspective of how you see yourself. Moses said, who am I? Moses, you're limited by your own perspective. God wants to do more in your life. Take the limits off. Number six is this. Number six, you got to get beyond your power. Get beyond your power. Moses was limited by his own power. He said to God, what if they don't believe me? He said, what if the people don't listen to me? What if they ask me who sent me? What name shall I tell them? He's telling God, God, can I really do this? I don't think I can go back and do what you want me to do. I don't really believe that you have more for my life. And, and I want to just read one verse of what God told Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and, and verse 14. It says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you ought to say. To the Israelites, I want you to tell them, I am has sent me to you. God told Moses, Moses, don't make this all about you. Don't limit yourself to your thinking and your power. I am bigger than you. I am bigger than you can fathom. I am bigger than you can understand. I am that I am. I love what Louis Giglio says. He said, for every cry, there is an answer. The answer is, I am. I need help. I am. I need hope. I am. I need a fresh start. I am. Nobody's listening to me. I am. I don't have a prayer. I am. I can't hold on. I am. My kids deserve more. I am. I'm pouring into other, others. Who's pouring into me? I am. I've given all that I can give and it's not enough. I am. I'm tired. I am. I quit. I am. I can't. I am. I need a drink. I am. I need a fix. I am. I need a lover. I am. Somebody just hold me. I am. I am the solution. I am the restorer. I am the builder. I am the answer. I am the wise one. I am the coming one. I am the mighty one. I am the Lord and there is no other. I am God and there is none beside me. I am the first and the last. I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am your forgiveness. I am your salvation. I am your hope. I am your freedom. I am your life. I am your joy. I am your peace. I am for you. I am available. Jesus says to you today, it's not about your power. I am the great I am.
Listen, don't be limited by your power. You serve the great I am Moses. I want you to tell them that I am sent you. And I want you to see what God went on to tell Moses in Exodus chapter 4 and, and verse number 2. It says, then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down. Come on, everybody shout, throw it down. Come on, in the chat line, would you write that? That's very key. Just write down, throw it down, throw it down, throw it down. He said, throw it down on the ground. The Lord told him, so Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. God asked Moses this question. Moses, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? In other words, Moses, what you have is enough. You're, you're focused on everything else, Moses. What's in everybody else's hands and everybody else's talents and everybody else's abilities and everybody else's resources, Moses? What's in your hand? I'm going to do exceedingly, abundantly beyond with what I've already given you. What's in your hand? And if you will take what's in your hand and if you can throw it down, he said, Moses, I want you to take what you got, the pain, the past, your problems, take what you got and throw it down. And let me tell you, when you take what you got and you throw it down at the feet of Jesus, God will take it and turn it into something else. And Moses threw it down and it turned into a snake. If you'll throw it down, God can take a marriage and turn it around. If you'll throw it down, you don't think your kids will ever serve the Lord. God will rescue your kids and they'll become kingdom kids. If you'll throw it down, God can take a broken situation and he can bring restoration. If you'll throw it down, God can take your money when it's funny and he can turn it around. If you can just take what you got and throw it down, we serve a God that can do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond. If you can realize what's in your hand is enough, if you will take it and just throw it down at the feet of God, he can take it and turn it into something else. I'm talking to somebody right now. Take the limitations off. What's in your hand is enough. What you have is enough. Your abilities are enough. Your talents are enough. The resources you have are enough. God can take it and he can multiply and he can do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond. Take the limits off. Your problem is you're not believing enough. You're not asking you're big enough. You're not thinking and dreaming big enough. You're limiting yourself. You're limiting your family. You're limiting your future. You're putting the limits on God. God wants you to take the limits off because he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond in your life. You got to believe it. I know right now there are some people right now you still don't believe. You're going, mm, that's good preaching, but I'm not there yet. Give me the rest of this series. I'm going to get you there in Jesus' name. I might need four weeks to break through your heart and break through your thinking and break to how you're limiting yourself, but God wants to break you out of that stinking thinking. He wants to do more in your life. He wants to do more in your children. He wants to do more. You got to believe it. You got to start praying. You got to start asking. You're praying two smaller prayers to a huge, big God. You got to believe that he's able. You got to believe it. And not only does he want to do it in your life, he wants to do it in our church. He wants to take us beyond as a church. You know, when 2020 started, 
I never dreamed that by March, because of this virus, this disease called COVID-19, that the nation would shut down and churches would not be able to meet. And I never dreamed we would take our services online. I never, that was never in my mind that one day we're not going to have physical church. It will all be online. I never dreamed that. And I actually, when it happened, I thought, oh my Lord, what is going to happen to the church? Because I'm so used to seeing you, our staff at all of our locations. We're used to seeing you and high-fiving you and hugging you and interacting. That's who we are at People's Church, just a friendly church. And I just thought, God, what's going to happen to your church? And can I tell you, we took all of our services online, and that was, that was huge. That was a lot of work. And God has done exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what I ever dreamed, thought was possible. I'm telling you, God has moved we have seen lives changed around the world. We have now an online growth track. I never dreamed about having an online growth track. Growth track is online. We got people from around the nation taking growth track online, graduating from growth track, and training now in different states to get on the dream team digitally so they can serve at People's Church because they called this their home church and they started attending through online services during the shutdown. They started attending our church. I'm telling you, God is doing exceedingly abundantly beyond I thought Lord will we keep reaching people who need the hope of Jesus can, can the gospel continue to spread the way that it's been spreading when we meet in person church can I tell you let me tell you what God's done and since March when we took all of our services online 722 people have indicated online texting in that they have given their life to Jesus Christ online, 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 exceedingly, abundantly, beyond people are coming to Christ online. My goodness. And it's been a miracle, church. It's been a miracle. Our staff has been telling me for the last few years, Pastor, our equipment is breaking down. And you know, I'm from We Woke. I'm like, well, patch it together. Mickey Mouse it. Duct tape it. Do what you got. Hold it together. Pray over it. Amen. Anoint it. Cast the devil out of it. You know, whatever you got to do. But some of our equipment is literally from 2006 in a lot of our kids' areas. And 2009, a lot of equipment we have since 2009. Let me ask you a question to make it personal. How many of you still use a cell phone from 2009? Lift your hand. Nobody. But our church... <laughs> is ministering to thousands and thousands and thousands of people every week with technology from 2006 and 2009 and it is breaking down it is given up and we are patching it together and now I realize more than ever to, if we're going to reach people that have never been reached we got to do things that have never been done we've got to leverage this technology we got to upgrade our technology we got to keep reaching people matter of fact more than half of our church still watches online. The only way we get the gospel to you, preach to you, is because of online, even now today. And we realize we've got to do a better job. we got to get the proper equipment. We can't have three, four different cameras, and all of them are different from one another. They ought to all be the same if we're going to have excellent services online. It really does matter that we are ready to give technology to reach our kids, our teenagers, 
and hurting and lost and broken people. And church, let me say this. As we upgrade our technology, we we could use a million-dollar upgrade of technology. There's so much infrastructure that we need to get the gospel out. But I want you to know as we look to give a million dollars to upgrade our technology, we're going to still do local missions and keep helping hurting people and keep helping with backpacks and school supplies and helping our community. We're going to still do national missions, and we're going to keep starting more churches all around America that the hope of Jesus Christ can be spread. I believe every community needs a life-giving, thriving, church we're going to still do world missions and we're going to still do international missions and support missionaries all around the world keep supporting those hundred kids in haiti with a christian education and clothing and food we're going to continue to put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars into missions all around the world and so on top of what we already do for missions we're saying what we're doing as a church in preaching the gospel we've got to have the proper technology to leverage this season what an opportune time that we're living in and we got to maximize the moment you say pastor how can i help let me give you three ways that you can help your church go beyond where we are to reach more people matter of fact let me just throw this card up get your phones out online in person take a picture of that i'll also give you a website to find it but just so you can have it with you right now you can just take a picture of my next steps how do i help my church go beyond let me give you three steps get a quick picture we're going to pull that back off the screen get a big quick quick picture in about five seconds just go ahead and pull that down so that talks about our dream builders and i want you to know let me say this all of you that tithe faithfully thank you for tithing Thank you for putting food in the house. The tithe is what keeps the church moving forward and the ministries of the church and helping hurting people. Thank you for your faithfulness to tithe. And I realize during this season, it's been challenging for people. And maybe you've stopped tithing. Can I encourage you? Would you start tithing again? Would you honor God by returning the first 10% of your income to the local church where you worship? Maybe you've been a little inconsistent in this season. Would you begin just to trust God? And be a faithful tither to the Lord. And I realize some of you have never tithed before. You've never given God the first 10%. Would you test the Lord? He'll be faithful to you. He'll be faithful to your family. Just test the Lord and begin to tithe. And just watch him bless your life. And the second thing that I want to say, how do I help my church? How do I help my church upgrade this technology to reach more people with the good news? Here's what I want you to do. Every year we do this as a church. Would you begin to pray? over the next few weeks, you by yourself, or if you have a family, you and your family, about what you can give over and above the tithe over the next year to help us upgrade this equipment and to continue to do local, national, and international ministry. We want you to pray. And then on November the 22nd, we're going to all make a commitment together. You can make your commitment on that day or before that day. And you can go to peoples.church slash PC vision, peoples.church slash PC vision. And you can see the commitment card there. And I know as always, we have so many of you make commitments to the Lord and give aggressively so that the vision can be expedited to reach more people. And then last but not least, the third step is simply this. Every year we do a miracle offering at the end of the year. And on December the 6th will be our Miracle Offering Sunday, our Miracle Offering Sunday to upgrade the technology and to keep reaching people all around the world through all of our missions efforts. And so what we want to do on December the 6th, and my wife and I always participate. We always lead by example. We're tithers. We give above our tithe, the dream builders and the Miracle Offering. 
And so the miracle offering, my wife and I will make a commitment to dream builders. And then the miracle offering is giving towards that commitment that we made to dream builders. So sometimes we'll do half of our commitment on December the 6th. That's the day, the miracle offering day, December the 6th. Sometimes we'll fulfill the entire commitment to dream builders on the miracle offering. We want to give as much as we can, as quick as we can, get seed in the ground, and then God will bring a harvest back into our lives. Can I encourage you, church family? This is our moment. I need some people that will see beyond where we are, where you are, and that God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond in your life and in our church. How many of you believe that the best is yet to come? I believe it with all of my heart. The best is yet to come. We serve a God that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond. Throw it down. And let it turn into something else. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for speaking to us. I thank you that hope is rising in the hearts of people. I thank you that people are starting to dream again and see things bigger. And they're going to start praying bigger and believing bigger. I thank you that you're going to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond in our lives and in our church to reach more people. Lord, you want to see more changed lives. Use us, I pray, in Jesus' name.